Madness Hour 2 of the KDK9 Show. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, please, you give a holler if you got a question. 651-641-1071. Okay, whoa. True or false, crocodiles eat stones to help them grind and digest their food. Is that true? Because they don't chew. Oh, they just uh, shred and swallow? <laughs> yeah, well, so I know that they grab on and they do something called like the, the death roll. Death roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how they like pull them apart. Yep. yep, they do eat stones to help them grind and digest their food. It's to help grind the meat they have eaten. Yeah. Grind up the meat they've eaten. Cool. You know something? Cool. Yeah, because they like they tear it apart with that roll, and then they essentially eat chunks whole because their yeah. teeth are not. Oh, that built makes sense. Yeah, and if you chew. watch like a baby, you know, they, uh, God, you know, for a while they could buy alligators at school or at school, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at pet stores. And anyway, and you watch them, they would just grab it, and then, and like I say, it just they it's almost like they go forward to slam it back. Yeah. I have a lizard; she's very similar. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, because I, I have a leopard gecko, beautiful, oh. adorable lizards. If you're looking for an entry level lizard for like your kid who's interested in one, okay. check out leopard geckos. They're awesome, and oh, they cool. can hold them. But they have like essentially instead of teeth, like their jaws are like one row of. It's it's not like sharp, but it's like a, a rows of bones. So okay. it's two rows of bones. So they crush their prey until it stops wiggling and then they swallow it oh interesting mm-hmm. well, how big is it she uh is about tail included four inches long maybe five inches long okay. they okay. get chubby they're really cute and they smile at you oh cool yeah cool how old she now is oh god that's it's almost a bummer because we got her right as covid was setting in okay like right before all the major closures happened so okay. we call her our covid baby uh-huh. so now that's uh, what four years Four years, okay. And do you feed mealworms? What do you feel? feed? Mealworms, primarily, we do silkworms for treats and dubia roaches every once in a while to change up her diet and get more vitamins in there. So could she eat hamburger or something? Is she uh, a meat eater or is she an instant eater? The thing is, she will not eat something dead. Um, most reptiles don't, don't feed them dead things. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's, it's both stimulating. Like, oh, they yeah? only get oh, so yeah? much entertainment. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Give them a live thing. It, yeah. It's a little bit more fun for them. Yep. But she will not touch something if it's too dead. Oh, really? Yeah, so we crush up her mealworms a little bit because they can, they can actually bite back. And mealworms, so, Kim? Yes. Get out of yes. here. <laughs> and so we, we crush them a little bit so they don't hurt her. Um, but if we do that too much and they stop wiggling... She won't eat it. She'll like poke at it with her face. Okay. Um, and if it doesn't move, she will just walk away. What's her name? Io. 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 Like I. I-O. I. Period. I. O. Period. Yeah. It's I-O. a. It's a moon of Jupiter. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's inter- that's really interesting, though. But um, like you're right. They, you know, if everything just comes like, oh, hello, it's not very stimulating. Because yeah. I give mealworms that are dead. That's why when you said they bite them, like. Okay, mine are dead, <laughs> but I give mealworms to the chickens, you know, for their eggs and for their oh, feathers yeah. and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and that's just fine, because that's just like a supplement, and they don't care yes. that it's not right. alive. Exactly, exactly. And, it, you know, the, the other thing with live food is it is more nutritional, especially when yes. it's like their primary diet, sense. if yeah. you gut load them. So we like, we, some people like raise and breed mealworms for their lizards. I cannot do that. Okay. But I will like, I, I'll feed them. I have this little container, and if you keep them in the fridge, they don't move because they get cold okay. and essentially hibernate. And you feed them a carrot, they'll eat it, and then you feed that to your lizard, and she gets those nutrients that they've digested. Oh, oh interesting. Um, and so it's it's healthier for her. Well, you're a to... gal of many trades. Dogs, cats, horses. I mean, not horses. Uh, ge- geckos. I, I was a stable hand when I was a kid. I know oh, how to yeah. ride. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. If left to my own 
devices. I could I could bridle saddle and get on a horse. Oh, I'm impressed. Look at you. Okay. <laughs> hey, you got a question? Give a holler. This is where everybody's got to call now and try to slam it in before we go off air. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, okay. I'm hate to, and here we go. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's really interesting. See, I never got into uh, reptiles. But, They're really cool. Yeah, I just I got into salamanders. I had salamanders uh, hibernate over the winter. Oh, salamanders are really cool, and they're a little bit. It's called like, herpetology or whatever when you care for reptiles, but they're hard. They're harder to take care of. Salamanders are. Well, I had aquarium and I had a screen on top of it, you know, and there's two mm-hmm. of them in there, and um, they had dirt and plants and stuff like that. Well, then all of a sudden I couldn't find them, and here what they did is they dug into to the dirt and they hibernated. Okay? Yeah. Well, anyway, so then uh, um, I don't know who did so. One of my, you know, I grew up with four others. And anyway, uh, all of a sudden I go past and the cat is sitting in the aquarium and smashed all the plants. <laughs> and because somebody took the screen off the top. And so it's just like, oh crap, oh crap. And I didn't want to start digging. You know, I looked, but and she just flattened the dirt, you yeah. know, but it didn't look like she dug and got anything. Yeah. So I got her out of there. But then it almost became an obsession with her and she learned to get the top off she realized how fun it was in and there. So, yeah and so then um i wound up putting stuff on top to try so she couldn't get it and geez. i saw a video online of a cat who had gotten into a bearded dragon enclosure oh my that was like a big enclosure and had sand in it and the uh. videos of the cat in the corner taking a poo while the bearded dragon on the other side of the enclosure just looks at it oh wow <laughs> that's unreal that's unreal like, that's a fun new bathroom <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. okay you take that call okay uh garlic you know everybody's so worried about garlic feeding the dogs because it's like oh no that's gonna uh it's gonna kill our pets it is a excellent tick flea flies gnats mosquito and giardia repeller all right and um i get my uh my garlic from springtimeinc.com springtimeinc.com and anyway so or springtime.com but anyway but the thing is is that they they got a, they put out this book and so anyway it says that there is a lot of misunderstanding about garlic and most of the confusion stems from a single study in Japan where they four where four dogs were force fed extremely large amounts of raw garlic and so garlic appropriations vary in chemistry and uh, the air dried garlic that springtime uses has it contains very little of the oxidatives components that may cause potential problems so if used in excess and that's the big thing here folks if you don't use it in excess it's awesome for us humans and is great for our dogs and well cats are real picky but i have my horse my 36 year old horse you know, Jake's on, he's get his, he gets his garlic. Okay. So the thing is, is that it does help it, but you have to, you can't just start today and then there's no flies and gnats tomorrow. Okay. This is something for dogs and cats. Start horses or dogs and horses. Start it now because now by the time it's going to, we probably won't see a mosquito probably till maybe July 4th. <laughs> it depends on where you are. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, and so that's why, like I say, garlic is so powdered garlic and anything in too much is of course harmful, but that's why they're, 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 they're uh, springtime uh, garlic is po- powder powderized and so it tells you right on there how much to give and such like that and you always start out with like just a smidgen and you build up to eventually like over a week two weeks to what they say and when your dog refuses it just uh, just keep putting like a pinch on it and eventually they're, they're going to get used to the smell okay then when they start eating with it then a couple after a couple days put a little bigger pinch and just kind of slowly work them into it because garlic is so good for humans like if I feel like a <laughs> 
man, I'm pumping garlic. You know, I got the garlic pills. That is a powdered garlic, you know, type thing. And, um, yeah, you may not want to sit next to me in a restaurant I'm, or my, I'm a walking Italian restaurant, but I don't care. All of a sudden, now the cold is, you know, or all of a sudden it sounded, you know, I, I, okay, we got it. We no, got I cook it. Asian cuisine when I'm sick because oh. it's tons of uh, chili oil and garlic. So oh. my nose runs and I get all that like good spice. Uh, oh, wow. That's it. Yeah, it, it is so good. And so, like I say, sometimes if you have to put the garlic, the granules, uh, mix it with a little bit of canned pumpkin, a little bit of yogurt, mix that into the dog food instead of just having, because when you open Every morning when I open that, I've got a five-pound bucket of uh, garlic, okay, because that's what I give the horse, because the horse gets, I usually, know I'm working into two scoops a day, one in the morning, one at night, all right? When you open that canister, your your nose get a big, woo, it's garlic. (laughs) So anyway, so, but like I say, so that one study, that's where a lot of it, that garlic is bad for, you know, for our dogs, is that they, in in Japan, one study, one study, and they force fed the dogs raw garlic, which is a whole different component than when they pulverize it, okay? So anyway, so start doing the garlic crystals, uh, um, powdered garlic. And so, uh, uh, I just can't say enough about it. So, so anyway, does that come out in their sweat? I've never smelled it. Remember, dogs sweat through the pads of their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, I, my dogs never. My horse still smell like uh, small, not you know, garlic or anything. Well, so they metabolize it, and so like, what actually keeps like the fleas and ticks away? Is I guess uh, because the fleas and the ticks smell that. Okay. Oh, so it's just like kind of pheromones, like they yes. are sensitive yes. to it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. Right. And so, so we're making our, our pets and ourselves. A, a restaurant nobody wants to eat at. <laughs> okay. And it even helps with healing giard or giardia. Garlic is a very, very good for healing a lot of things, just like extra virgin coconut oil. It really is. But a lot of people, oh, I can't. I don't I'm going to tell my camp counselor friends that, that extra garlic can help cure giardia. There you go. There you go. So anyway, yeah, I just pumped my garlic. Oh, we lost a call. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, well, she just she uh, had a she had a joke for you. Oh, did she? Oh, yeah. Come she back. wanted uh, oh, to did. see if you knew where bees go to the bathroom. Where do bees go to the bathroom? Okay, da 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 da. The BP station. The BP station. Bum bum. Bum bum. Thank you for the joke. The BP station. Uh, once again, fifth six five one six four one one zero seven one. We're talk turning into the dad joke hour. That's great. <laughs> we all need to laugh more. That we all need to laugh more. Okay, but speaking of fleas, and, and then we're gonna use garlic and and with the ticks, we want to do things more natural. And we said this again, but I just I just feel the need that I need to repeat this because uh, some people just need to hear it a couple times. Remember the ambertick.com, those uh, tick collars are what they are. They're, they're, they're the Baltic amber uh, pine. And so you just measure your neck, add to it, not yours, the dogs, add two inches, and those, that's the size you're going to need. And they should not be shiny. If they're shiny, they're not a true amber tick collar, okay? And so um, it just uh, it rubs in the heat of, the, uh, of your dog, uh, it, it also is great for the immune system of the dogs too. So make, just make sure they're not polished. That's the big thing. And remember, diatomaceous earth. You put it in a baby sock. Now, when you're dealing with amber or diatomaceous earth, then what do you do? And you're gonna put in a, you don't want to inhale the dust. Okay, when the dust settles, you're perfectly fine. But you don't want to inhale as you're you know like pouring it into the baby sock. So you want to wear a mask, which everybody has masks now. Okay, and then put it in the baby sock, zip tie it, t- zip zip tie it shut, and then you're gonna put one 
Oh, we need to go to break. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk more about diatomaceous earth in baby socks. Okay, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Okay, I didn't, couldn't decide if we're going to do a joke. Okay, let's see what other thing do we got here. Uh, which animal grows... Oh, no, I want this one. What crazy stunt does a horned toad perform when it feels threatened? Kick dirt at the predator, shoot blood from its eyes, shoot poison from its tongue, change colors and hide. I say goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening. Okay, diet to... Oh, one thing at a time. <laughs> okay, what crazy stunt does a horned toad perform when it feels threatened? Kick dirt at the predator, shoot blood from its eyes, shoot poison from its tongue, change colors and hide. Does it bleed from the eyes? Yes, it does. That's Look too crazy of a thing Isn't to put something? on there for that not to yep, be the answer. It shoots blood from its eyes. That's unnerving. To perform when it feels threatened. A horned toad. Don't threaten a horned toad. So we had the neighbor across the street when we were growing up, he had horned toads. I was always infatuated at how they looked. Yeah. We don't, we just called them, when we were kids, we called them horny toads. Horny toads. <laughs> and so anyway, but yeah, I and uh, that's weird. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's very weird. Yes, it is. So weird that it had to be true. Okay, so the back to diatomaceous earth, you're going to put it in a baby sock, zip tie it, uh, closed, and then you're going to put just one, um, uh, a de- uh, you know, one pat, a light pat, uh, on the chest of the dog, a light pat on the back of the neck and the shoulders, a light pat by the tail, and then if you want to, you can put um, a pack where they sleep a lot in their bed, put a little pack, so in case they bring in a flea or a tick, because what diatomaceous earth is, is a one-celled fossilized algae, and when any crustacean, a flea, an ant, a millipede, anything crawls through it, it dehydrates them, and they die naturally, so there's no chemicals involved. The only thing is, like I said, like when you're filling the sock, if it gets the dust gets in the air, you don't want to breathe it. But once it settles, you're just fine. And if your dog licks it, great. It's also a, a lot of people eat it naturally. You want the food grade. You want to for they deep for parasites in the body in the blood. They use uh, diatomaceous earth food grade. So look up diatomaceous earth. Because, like I said, there's many, many things that, that are uh, that is good for, but it's great for like doing things. So we got the amber tick collar, we got the diatomaceous earth, and then um, Alizoo, a l z o o dot com. They have a lot of natural. You got Wonderside. Okay, so there's so many natural ways to, to go, guys. Please stop the flea and tick crap. If you won't put it on yourself. Uh, don't put it on your best friend that doesn't isn't here that long and and anyway and then the the big thing there's a big push with the Soresto you know um, and uh, uh, Google uh, like the ones that are out there just put you know I don't trust the internet a lot but there's a lawsuit for Soresto S E R E S T O look uh, look up that Google that what, what uh, lawsuits with it with um, complaints and then there's Advantus there's Interceptor and Advantage like two Google everything first and then just see read and if you're okay with any of those symptoms that can happen then fine go do, go for it but if all of a sudden you go for it your dog is seizing out or if there have been dog and cats that have died you know it was your choice and so that's why like I say wouldn't to me I want to do things natural so I don't have to worry. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Who's up? Well, so uh, we have Lynn who wants some advice uh, for how to leave her cat if she's going on vacation. All right. Hi, Lynn. How you doing? Hi, cat. Her cat. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I go with cat, Katie, whatever. Hey, Katie, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm doing great. 
Uh, now you're going um, on vacation. How long are you to be gone? Well, um, for both of them, at least nine, maybe ten or so days. Okay, and so at so one time, have, come again. At one time, you're going to be gone for nine days at a time. Yes. Okay. Okay, and then uh, how many cats you got? One. Okay. How old? About seventeen, eighteen. Ooh. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Very lively. Very active. Nice. Nice. Well. Yep. Personally, you know, cats can go feral real quick. Um, if you, is there people like in your life that they can come and check on her a couple times a day while you're gone? No, 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 and that's that's, that's the dilemma. Okay, there is pet sitters out there, but cats is really tough. Uh, because when anytime you move a cat, especially an older cat, like to go kennel the cat somewhere where that can really, really harden the system. The cat is better to be at home and have someone come in and, you know, take care of the house, watch the house. You know what I mean? Check on the house and check on the cat again and play with the cat for a little bit. Now, is your cat a friendly? Is your friendly a cat? Is your cat friendly? (laughs) Yes, very, but she's a female. So anytime anybody else comes over, she disappears. Okay. She's not a real people person. Uh, yeah, she's super friendly, but... Uh, okay, to you, but that's what I mean. When a friendly cat means they're there to greet the people that come over. Her, yeah, okay. no, she's not that. Okay, okay, because um, that is... Uh, the only thing I could see uh, is maybe talk to a couple local vets and see if they have on their board anybody that uh, will come to your because they're out there. Many people are out there that they will come to oh, your house, sure. take care of the cat, you know. But and if whatever you want to do, what you want to do is at first, you know, have them come over before you need them so they get the lay of the land, and then you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, maybe the cat will come out. I've taken care of people's cats. Um, it, but and one one guy every time he was in the hospital, I didn't even know what the cat looked like. <laughs> All I would do is change the litter box, and I put yep. the food out, you know. And then I always left a TV on for him. And then I I finally got Jim and talked into putting a bird feeder, something for the cat to do, you know, because they're all by themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like make sure you leave the TV on twenty four seven. But that would be the thing is is to try to maybe talk to different people in your area if they know of any, you know, critter sitters that will come to the house and take care of the cat. Because like I say, at this age, I wouldn't want to traumatize the cat by bringing it somewhere. Yeah, and the one thing I'm concerned about, she has been left before by herself for like four or five days tops. Okay. And then I reluctantly just set out a huge bowl of dry food for her and a huge vat of water. Mm -hmm. But she, that's not her diet. She only eats um, canned grain-free food. Yeah, good, 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 good for you. That's how come she's 18, 19. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why when I put out dry food, ooh, I just cringe. Yes, you should. You should, especially as she's getting older here. And so that, but see, what I worry about too is that cats are pretty spry and they can get themselves into predicaments that because you're not there. That I, I want somebody there at least once a day, you know, so that mm-hmm. uh, I make sure that the cat hasn't gotten himself into something and is screaming for help or whatever type of thing, you know. Yeah. Well, I, yes. Yes. Locked, locked in something or Right. Right. Because weird okay. things can happen, and so that's what I would try doing is talk to a couple of vets in your area if they know any critter sitters that will house it and take up and take care of your cat and then me you know obviously interview them they're taking their you know leaving them in your you know uh mm-hmm. with your house and your cat and so uh yeah so that's what i would do otherwise people from church some there's sometimes there's kids that will house sit while you're gone so take care of the house and the um you know and the cat so yeah there's just different options that you okay. want to look into okay yeah i never thought about that that's a great suggestion okay well good luck Okay. Okay. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Yeah, now that's a toughie. It really is, especially cats, because cats don't warm. Not many cats warm up to mm. warm up to a lot of people. True or false? All spiders spin webs in the same pattern. True or false? Be back. Twas the night after Christmas. Up at the North Pole, all the cookies Santa had eaten had taken their toll. Oh, ho, ho. 396 million cookies were inhaled by that guy. But did Santa throw in the towel? No, he joined the Y. It doesn't matter what you did over the holidays. The Y has people who can help you reset and reach your goals. Join now for $0 enrollment through January 19th. Learn more at ymcanorth.org. All right, thanks for staying with me today. I greatly appreciate it. Always appreciate calling. I always appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been in the Sunday afternoon with me from noon to two every Sunday. And Easter's coming up, so we won't be here live. We'll be doing Easter dinner somewhere. Okay, true or false? All spiders spin webs in the same pattern. No way. I mean, that's just too broad. Exactly. There's so many different kinds of spiders that do so many different cool things. Yep, and there's a lot of spiders, they said, that don't spin webs at all. Oh, yeah. Not every spider. I, well, I don't think wolf spiders spin webs. Not every spider spins a web. You know those uh, wolf spiders, also known as dock spiders? No. They, those great big honking ones. They're massive. Yeah, big, they, big butt or big end. Or, yeah. They look like flat tarantulas. Oh, not that one. Okay, no, that one I know. Yeah, because we got these big barn spiders that are just, their their back end is like a big bubble, and they're like, oh, oh they, I, yeah, I know what like you're talking about. They're like a very meaty. No, those are the same thing. I'm talking about like the wolf spider. They're like furry. They look like someone took a, a tarantula and just kind of pressed it so the legs went out flat. Oh, really? Okay, I think I know what you're talking and about. they get huge, like the size of your hand. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I love them. They're, they're huge predators to like mosquitoes. Okay. And flies, uh, they, oh, wow. they have the same diet as a dragonfly. So they they eat all the things you don't want near oh, you. you. Oh, cool. But they're beautiful, and people are so oh, scared. Oh, yeah, they are. They look a little, a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. They're doing as good. Mm -hmm. Just like bats. Everybody's scared of bats. And bats, boy, without bats, guys, you think you're slap happy. <laughs> We're not okay without bats. I love bats. Yep, same here. Okay, anybody else? Who's up? Well, so we have Brenda Lee, who is looking for some recommendations for, like, organic shoot or alternatives for a cat scratch post. Ooh, cat scratch. Hi there. How you doing? Hi. I'm actually calling for a friend because um, <laughs> she wants me to give you a call instead of herself. Oh, no problem. And, no problem. And she, she wants to find safe rope to use for cat scratches, and she's just wondering what kind and where she can find that. Okay. Um, you can get what is called um, twine twine rope it's it's very rough it comes in different circumferences you know it comes real fat and fairly thin in just a medium and see cats there's each cat is different some are vertical scratchers and some are horizontal scratchers and some are both and then also the texture that they like some like upholstery some like the carpet some like the rope but it's it's uh, like i said it's the, the rope itself would be called uh, twine rope is what it is. It's very rough, very, you know, like you think you can clean your your pots and pans with it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. But anyway, and, and then what you just do is you just, uh, what I did is I wrapped, uh, what you do is you take, like let's say you got a foundation pole and you just start mm -hmm. at the bottom and then you just kind of wrap it around and wrap it around and wrap it around you, and you can glue it every so often, you know, on top of it. And then now you got a whole foundation pole that's one massive scr cat scratcher. <laughs> I think that's her intentions, yeah. She's the one that I, I, I've called you before a handful of times. Oh, cool. She's been so helpful every time. And um, she was the one that needed the help with the CPAP tubing. 
Oh, okay. Yep, I remember that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yep. Okay, and that's going okay? Pardon? So that's going okay now by crafting the, oh, the CPAP? So perfect. The, the nice, nice. It was per- the perfect idea the caller called in with, and I I crusaded up for her real quick that weekend and got it to her, and she's not had a problem since. So Excellent. That's awesome. That is so good. That, that's, look, it's got a lot of cool listeners out there. And so, yeah, so that's what I would do. It's called Twine. It's rough. You can look at, like, the, the local hardware stores. You can look at um, uh, Fleet Farm. You know, uh, spikes, uh, holes. They, um, I'm not sure if they carried the actual, maybe some of the stores might. You might want to call ahead and just see if they got twine rope. Not for bale and hay, but tr- twine rope. It's just a very rough rope. Okay. Perfect. Okay. And a um, couple other questions. Mm. We talked about the, um, give, when you're making hamburger or whatever, mm. lop a little bit to your dog is, is, the the meat then is that when you give them a toss is that raw meat or yep. is that cooked meat? Nope, it's just raw. Raw is the best form if you can if you don't mind doing it. Some people are squeamish about raw meat, and so otherwise mm-hmm. then then cook it. But they they get benefit more from it if it's in the raw form. Okay. And then with the pulverized eggshells you were talking about for calcium. Yep. How much did you say? Well, oh, that's what I don't. I, I can't remember. I was going to look it up, but just Google oh. it and just you know, um, uh, uh, ground up eggshells for calcium for dogs. How much? Okay. 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 Yep. So yeah, you just uh, you do, some a lot of people dehydrate them the quick you know the get the paste for it. and then they do is they put it like in the bullet. And then just yep. just grind them up, and then you just keep them in a uh, obviously a moisture free you know sealed container, and then take out as needed. I would put them in the refrigerator, I think, but I don't. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that one up too, once they're dried, if they need that. But okay. And then how are you doing with your fifth grandchild? I uh, remember you talking yeah. about it. Going to e- have a little one again. Evangeline is doing very very well. She's uh she's gaining a half a pound a week. My daughter oh. milks. My daughter's a milking cow. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't oh, I, tell her to listen hope, to this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. She she don't have time to listen to the show, and she doesn't listen to the podcast. She's got five kids to take care of. Yeah, but yeah, she oh, does. Congratulations. She, yeah, she's uh she's really good. She's up to. She was born eight pounds 10 ounces and she's up to 11 something 11 two i think she's not already oh my goodness yeah she's oh my goodness. all her kids have just been these little porkers and then they uh-huh. get to uh, they get to about uh a year and a half when they start moving and all of a sudden choop, they all slim out and they're all just lean trim and, and go 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 oh Oh, gosh, I wish I was like that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> well, I thank you very much, Katie. Thank and you. you have a very, very blessed day and happy Easter to thank both you. you and to all the listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Greatly appreciate your call. Take care. Yes, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. I, I want to throw some things out there. Okay, a couple of things. I'll throw it. Here it comes. Uh, once you dehydrate eggshell, yep. it is fully shelf-stable. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. good. Good. Um, I didn't know that. Once you, like, dehydrate it okay. and, like, actually dehydrate it, okay. then it's fully shelf-stable. I know because, like, the person who owned our house before us, she painted eggshells. So there's some in our house. Alrighty and they're perfectly then. fine. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> you just got to make sure to dry them out. Okay. Uh, and... Also, I have a friend of mine who, her cat isn't huge on cat scratch posts, but likes to try and climb her walls and screens. So she went and got a bunch of different kinds of carpet samples mm-hmm. from Menards. Yep. 
and just kind of posted them all up along one side of her bedroom wall. And he's spent so much time on it. That's and, like, cool. Never does like anything else. He wow. loves it. Yeah. See, there, every cat, there's horizontals, there's vertical scratchers. Yeah. And then the texture that they like to be on is different with every cat. I swear, he likes to hang from the wall. Yeah, that is cool. That's pretty cool. She should put one on, flat on the ceiling. Yeah. And see if he continues going up the wall. And now you look up and the cat's hanging he's upside just, down. He's just my full-blown spider cat. There you go. Uh, but that, No, that is good. Yeah, so to find a texture that the cat likes to. And a lot of people don't realize that. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If you have a couch or, or some kind of chair or a post or something, as the cat walks into the room, 90% of all cats will st- cr- scratch on whatever is right there before they enter the room. Oh, it's the like, first thing. Yeah. Yep. And so that's why I tell people to either change the arrangement so when the cat walks into the room, there is nothing to scratch on, or you take and put plexiglass, like a corner, you know, mm. so that you can still see your couch, but the cat can't scratch on it. Okay. Um, some people have, have had, like taken towels and kind of, you know, hung it over so the cat, but nine times out of 10, obviously when the cat goes to scratch, it's going to pull the towel off, right? Yeah. So you got to figure out some way to fasten it onto the couch. But I just would take the plexiglass. And another thing, too, with cats is they don't like the smell of citrus, especially lemon and um, orange. And so that if your cats are digging in your plants, then you take an orange and, you know, cut it in quarters or whatever and put, put them in all your plants. But then you got to re... Um, replenish them you know they're gonna dry out with it and not have any smell mm-hmm. if you um, just peel the citrus too mm-hmm. it has all those essential oils and it'll naturally dry oh, out so oh, just replace it when it dries out oh look at you that is awesome i do that for scents it's oh. it's i do like kind of homemade potpourri in my bathroom upstairs okay so i just like every time i like buy mandarins i put some of the orange peels to the side and you put them in a, like a bowl with some like cloves and some oh, other smart. things and it it smells for like Three weeks and then oh, it dries nice. out. Well, and then it Everybody's gotten into the diffusers, you know, diff, you know, to put these uh, oils and, and scents and stuff into yeah. the air. And what they don't realize, what well, Amy DeLong, who's been on the show quite a few times, you know, that I didn't know because I don't use them, is that um, uh, the dogs and cats, especially dogs, have you know, their smell is so high. You know, three out of time better than ours. Yeah. That what is important to us is knocking your dog on his butt. <laughs> that you want the dog and cat to yeah, be able to like gentle scent of lavenders in his head just getting punched in the face. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's why I always have an exit for your animal. But she tells you not to do it more than maybe a couple hours per day. You know, maybe a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, a little bit in the evening. But don't have it running 24-7. Yeah, well, you're also, as a human, you do not need to be breathing oils. Well, yeah, that's what I would think, too. But, you know, but some people are just, they just get into these oils and they feel like they benefit them so well. No, I'm a sauna person. I'll add, like, eucalyptus oil or peppermint okay. oil to, like, oh, peppermint. I to love peppermint. water in a sauna. Yeah. But... Otherwise, I feel like you're just perpetually breathing a thin oil. Yep, yep. And the oils are good. But there again, like with the garlic, everything in moderation. (laughs) All right. Okay. From how far out away can elephants still hear each other's low rumbling calls? Two feet, six miles, 81 miles, 153 miles. From how far away can elephants still hear each other's low rumbling calls? Alrighty then. Okay, from how far away can elephants still hear each other's low rumbling calls? Okay, is it two feet, six miles, 81 miles, 153 miles? 153 miles. Yeah, it's so out of it, you'd think, but it's not. It's only six miles. 
really? They could hear the low, but still, six miles to hear grumble. That yeah, is that's I mean, uh, that's pretty good hearing. <laughs> elephants are crazy. I feel like one of, that's that's one of the things on my bucket list that I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't done yet. Of all what? the random things I've done, is touch an elephant. Oh, really? Just like physically touch one. I really want to. We uh, for the Lions Club, the Hugo Lions. We had a circus that would come every other year, and this is before circuses got. You know, real bad as far as how they treated the animals and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but anyway, the one year they brought, there was uh, four elephants that, that they brought. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my husband makes horse hay, right? Yeah. And so uh, they uh, had asked the lions, Does, you know, how can they get any hay? And, you know, for the elephants and a couple other things they got. Well, yeah, you know, whatever I remember. So they sent a, so Will sold the circus our hay. And guess who get to, got to help? Be by the elephant really? and touch it. Fun. And it was very, very cool. Really, when I was younger, and this is when um, Shriner Circus was like at the uh, Hippodrome and the State Fairgrounds, you know. Yeah. Uh, I got to ride, you know how they have rides? Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. got to ride an elephant. And I remember that that being going back and forth, you know, whereas they lumbered. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it was not a, it was not a smooth ride. <laughs> but yeah, it was so close. I'm, I'm, I'm totally amazed by elephants and um uh yeah i just always they, they talk about just oh they're just so cool they just have they have this Majestic, sense of intelligence uh, yes, about them constantly. exactly but yeah it, it's pretty cool but yeah that's why i got to you know touch it and you're right away i don't want to tick you off <laughs> because they're so big yeah. these elephants put the tent up we went there because they said they would come and oh i've seen the videos of it they did draw the tent out yeah yep. Whereas these elephants all work for their living. They help put up, bring up the, and it really is cool to watch the handlers. And a, and a lot of the elephants knew exactly already. They, you know, you can see them putting up one and already on its way. And then it was, you knew what the routine mm-hmm. was. It was really, really way cool. I was very impressed. I think they still have some of those like classic circus style shows in Vegas. Yep. That was, but the thing is, is yeah, they're uh, all, I'm really kind of glad the circus kind of went away yeah well, because we, i felt so bad out big cats big yes. cats are not in like anything anymore yeah and then the elephants too you know they've turned you know so circuses are kind of becoming what do you want to call it shows on the road you know as far as juggling gnats or whatever type thing you know the animal is very minimal so yeah it was just, just good I, I think the nature of circuses isn't just the same as no one wants to see a clown anymore certainly yeah yeah everybody's scared <laughs> of clowns that's for sure that's for sure oh well okay uh with easter coming up uh, there are a couple of things, you know, we're having company come over and I'm just going to put, remind you here. Okay. First of all, we want to work on manners at the door. Now, if you're just only having a couple of people, okay, that's fine. But if you're going to have, you know, more, let's say more than five or this, it gets a little congested, uh, then put the dog in their kennel or this, their spot and then bring them out. And then just depends like we did for Christmas is that, you know, once all the coats are off, <laughs> maybe we won't need coats by then, but <laughs> you know, and everybody's seated, seated and seated. Uh, then you can bring the pupper out on a leash. So you got control of the situation. And now anytime the dog is jumping, now you got to remember dogs take the energy from us. If you got, you know, granny going, Oh, Billy, how you doing? Baby, 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 you know, and revving the dog up, the dog is going to be the, Wah! so you got to try to teach people to be calm. Just say hi and give kisses and tickles and stuff like that. All right. But not to rev the dog up. But if you have one of those people that just will not listen, then you got the, you got your buckle collar on, not you, the dog. 
You got your leash on. Okay, and then now, first of all, we're going to answer the door. Remember, you're facing east and west, and company's coming in north and south. They walk past you. They don't walk into you. The dog should sit politely at your left side on a loose lead. If they try to lurch forward to who's coming out, uh, coming through, you bump backwards toward their tail. Give them a growl. Ah, sit. Thank you. Very nice. Remember, we say thank you. We don't say good girl or good boy. Why? Because it gets them all nuts in the headsy. They start jumping and getting willy-nilly. We, then they feel, can't focus on what you're trying to teach them because now they're thinking, recess, re- let's go. So anyway, so now let's say the dog is just being, you know, just up, down, up, down at the, by the door because you're not going to have them come in until that dog is under control. Okay, then take the handle of the leash. Use a six-foot leash. Uh, take a handle of the leash and put it in your right hand. And then now uh, your left hand is on the other end of the leash, you know, by the dog. Okay, now what you're going to do is you're going to practice. You're going to drop the hold on to your right hand. Don't drop the leash totally. You're going to drop your left hand, the leash from your left hand and then step left, right, real fast. Left, right. All right. And so both feet are on the leash. So now if the dog tries to jump out, that you don't wind up on your butt and the, it can't reach the people. Okay, and the reason why you go left, right, because if you go right first, then the dog lurches forward. You can't get your left foot on there. Now you only got one foot on. If you have a little dog, that's fine, but it's always left, right. And where you stand on the leash is, you know, depending on the size of the dog, when you stand on the leash, the dog's head should be just just a little bit, you know, lowered. We don't want to pin them to the ground. That's not what we want. Just a little dip in their neck. Okay, but if they sit, the collar goes loose. And if they lay, the the collar goes totally loose. All right? And you want to practice this answering the door before you have company. Okay? Somebody, you'd switch off in the house. Somebody's turned to work, work the dog. Somebody's turned to be the obnoxious neighbor. Now, remember, when company comes in, you tell them, don't look at the dog. Don't touch the dog. Just say hi to me. And just I'll tell you, kitchen, living room, whatever type thing. Okay? So then the whole thing is, is now we got the door answered. Now, anytime the dog looks like he's going to jump at somebody, it's left, right. Okay, and you, you can put a knot in the leash so you know where to step. Um, remember, we don't want to pin them to the ground. What we want is just for them to now, if they try to lurch forward or br- jump on you, they can't. And then eventually the dogs are going to learn that by being calm and steady, that gets them what they want. So now let's say we're walking, you told everybody to go sit in the kitchen. So you go sit in the kitchen. And now another thing, you're practicing stepping on the leash. And then we're going to practice sitting on the leash. Okay, when company comes over, let's go in the kitchen. I've uh, just got a buckle collar on, just got a nylon leash, okay? Put about half the leash, if not a little bit more, on the on the chair, seat of the chair, and sit on it. All right? You only want to give the dog enough leash that if he lays down, the, the collar stays loose, okay? Don't give him too much leash or they'll tie you up. Okay, now you're sitting on the leash. Take your right hand and put it over your left wrist. Rest it in your lap. And ignore the dog. Remember the invisible dog, folks? Don't look at them. Don't touch them. Don't, don't, just don't, they, don't, they don't exist. Now, if they try to come up or climb up your leg, turn your head to the side. And extend your arm straight out and bump the dog quickly. Ah! With a growl. Ah! With a growl. But turn your head sideways because that means a, a calming signal. Then just sit back and relax and, and don't push them. It's a pop. 
All right. And so what we're after here is teaching the dog to calm themselves down by themselves. You don't look at him. You don't touch him. Don't do anything. If you have a tall dog, put your hands in your armpits so you remember not to touch the dog. All right? You got a minute? Sit on the leash. Got five minutes? Sit on the leash. Got a half hour? Sit on the leash. Don't look at him. Don't talk to him. Just let them figure out how to chill out. The hardest thing for humans and dogs to do is nothing. Just hang out. Be patient. And that's the big word here. Patient and wait. So you want to periodically sit on the leash and ignore the dog. Don't look at him. Don't touch him. Don't do anything. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to practice this. So when company comes over, because now this, I think Easter is like the last holiday. And then we've got 4th of July, right? That's kind of the holiday or Memorial Day. We got Memorial, but the people don't do much with people, people on Memorial Day. But anytime you get to have a gathering, you want control of that dog. And, and then as you are persistent and consistent, the dog will learn it and steady it. And then pretty soon your dog is all four on the floor. They're not jumping and they know how to just hang out. And people in your life are you're learning to not rev the dog up, to have the dog jump and go nuts. Mm. And if you do have that person in your life that you know revs the dog up, then put the dog on a leash and just keep the dog with you. Okay, and then you know how I have the spray bottle, and if the dog is barking, you go, ah, blast, quiet. Or if they're nipping at you, ah, blast, no bite. Well, if the person insists on... Revving your dog up, give a ah and blast that human in the face with the water and say, don't do that. Okay, tell him, hey, I have to live with this dog. I'm trying to have good manners with this dog. So don't sabotage what I'm trying to do. That's okay? a big pet peeve. It's like if you have boundaries with the pet and someone's like, well, he looks like he wants a treat. I'm like, get then get your own dog. Make yeah. him fat. Yeah. This is mine. Yep. No. And but that's where you got to just you know when you got people that won't listen to you, then you just get the dog out of the situation, so you don't have to be a yeah. grouch and a witch, you know. And then just put the dog in the in the. And then once those people have gotten onto something else, then you bring the dog out, and then you sit on the leash because the dog now is with you. Mm -hmm. They're not going over to those people, and so a lot of times you can you know take care of the situation. By taking the dog and saying, uh, yeah, why don't you stay with me? Because that one's a little bit too nuts. <laughs> that, so, that one's yeah. unfun for me. <laughs> well, yeah. I had one guy that would come um, get hay and my Brody. He was a, a shepherd mix. And he would just go to town on Brody, just push him like a manly thing. Come yeah. on, be rough and tough. I said, don't do that. I don't do that with my dogs. People, shepherds are already, people don't like them because they think they're going to get hurt by them. I want my dog to be calm. No, oh, this is what a dog's meant for. Okay, I said, I said, don't. Well, the next time I knew he was coming for hay, I, I got the whole, hose primed with a with a sprayer at the end of it. Okay, <laughs> you gave him a shot. Of well, what happened? Okay, so I knew he has to come into the barn. You know, so I sent Brody ahead. And I just left it on. And I saw for sure it was him. So I waited for a little bit. And then, you know, he stirs bananas. He started tormenting uh, Brody. Picked up that hose and I blasted him. <laughs> and I said, yeah, what did I tell you? Now you get the correction. So anyway, if you don't blame him, if you don't train him, don't blame him. Remember, no Easter lilies, toxic fairy to cats. Uh, any kind of lilies. Okay, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Ellie. You did a great job as usual. And take care. Until we meet.